Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hey, wrestling fans, this is Gary Michael Capetta, and you're listening to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer and the Stallion. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your host, he's a stallion, I'm the enforcer, and we are coming to you live tonight, live, talking about current, up-to-the-minute, topical shit here. I'm kidding. We're talking about... WWF UK Rampage 1992. Joe, why the fuck are we talking about UK Rampage 1992? Well, I can everybody can tell I think that you've been up since 5:30 based off of how this podcast has started. We are talking about this show because a gentleman named Nick uh, reached out to us on one of our various social media platforms and asked us to do a review of this show. So each of us watched the show individually, um, and now we are going to talk our way through this event uh, from a, uh, a tour of the UK back in early 1992. Dude, okay, not for nothing. Uh, I'm going through my, uh, my messages from Nick. He sent it to me on Christmas Eve, and then th- this fucking guy was kind enough to send me a picture of the VHS, like, sleeve. That is Th- tremendous, and I'm going to use that for our uh, <clears throat> our yeah. thumb- thumbnail on the uh, YouTube video version of the show. I will use that thumbnail, assuming I can find it, and uh, we'll put that out there, and I'm sure it will attract a lot of viewers, a lot of viewership, Dude. listenership, you know. What a great guy. Nick, we appreciate you, man. That, that's, uh, that's awesome. First of all, we, we very much appreciate you listening to and caring about what we have to say. Follow-up, sub-question, uh, we appreciate you giving us the VHS sleeve. You know how hard that would have been to find? So, listen, without further ado, man, let's get into uh, UK Rampage 1992. We're in the heart 
of some uh, some odd times here in the WWE. It's the po- well, kind of the post Hulk Hogan era. Do you have the date for the show offhand? I do. Um, it's April nineteenth, nineteen ninety two. So it took place just a couple of weeks after WrestleMania eight. For those who uh, are familiar with that event, so uh, the World Wrestling Federation champion at this point is the Macho Man Randy Savage. He beat Ric Flair at that show, um, and he wrestles on this show uh, in, a, in a title match also. So there's a few, and a few different things that go on during the course of the show, which we'll get into with the matches and everything. But that's from a timing perspective. It's uh, April 19th, 1992. It's at the Sheffield Arena in Sheffield, England. Um, of course, at this time, uh, the British Bulldog was very much a part of the roster, and he was featured in the main event of this show. So, um, yeah. Well, without further ado, I'm ready to jump into it if you are, my friend. Yeah, let's uh, let's get it started, man. Uh, the first thing that I noticed about UK Rampage 92 was the commentary. Bobby the Brain Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon. I don't care if they're reviewing, so if they're commentating sold out 90, uh, 2001. I don't care if it's a random WCW Thunder. Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon on commentary will make any show, the worst of shows, at the very least enjoyable on commentary. And it will mask a lot of the, um, I don't want to curse too much, the, uh, too late for that. the, the shit. But, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll mask some of the, uh, the poo poo. On the card. Um, opening match, Tatanka and Steve Kern, better known as Skinner. Um, if you watched WWF in 1992 and there wasn't a Tatanka versus Skinner match, consider yourself lucky. Because it seems like these two wrestled on every single card um, on every show. Skinner, I feel like, was super underrated. Uh, he, you know, he was a very formidable wrestler. He had a couple of good matches with Bret Hart that year too. And Tatanka, uh, was crazy over the first thing I noticed in the match was the pop that he got. The, the fans loved him. The, uh, I'm not going to try to, imp- uh, I'm not going to try to, uh, native, it's a native American theme song, correct? Like, uh, the, the war cry maybe that the fans reacted to, but I thought the match was fine, man. It was uh, it was what it was. It got the crowd on their feet. It got some time. And uh, Tatanka won via the, uh, the old papoose drop that uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan would call. Joe, what did you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, for the time of when this took place, uh, you know, Tatanka was a relatively new character, and he was in the process of, um, you know, getting into an undefeated streak, and he was the guy that they wanted to focus. And Skinner, like you said, I think, I think he went on to have – some some sort of career as a trainer or agent or something along those lines. So he was probably more there just to kind of you know work with guys and help them get over. Um, so I mean, for the opening match, the crowd was super into it. Uh, you know, again, it's 1992 WWF, so this is what you get. You get an alligator, you know, guy and uh, you know, Tataka. So um, you know, yeah, not you know, it, it is what it was. It was what it was. It was it was an opener, probably a little bit longer than it should have been, but uh, you know, Tataka gets the win, and uh, we're off and running. Two stars, Joe. How many stars? Why, why do you, why do you have to be? I don't understand why we got to do the two and a half stars. I feel like I'm gonna go with two and a half. Oh, you don't want to do the stars? You want to just completely negate the entire podcast? Then people love star ratings. I love star ratings. Anything less than one point six five stars, I'm not gonna watch it. Speaking of less than one point six five stars, next up, the Legion of Doom, who are just 
monsters. They're going to have that great um, entrance at Wembley Stadium coming up at SummerSlam 1992 in a couple of months. The LOD took on Colonel Mustafa and a dark-haired Dino Bravo. Uh, for Dino Bravo, was this pre-murder um, by the uh, the cigarette smugglers, or was this after he got murdered? I think he was still alive for this match, yeah. I couldn't tell, right? <laughs> wow. You know, it was not a weekend at Dino's situation. Going on, so. uh... We are not making fun of the man's passing away. That is incredibly sad. We're making fun of how poorly the match was. Um, the Iron Sheik, I'm sorry, Colonel Mustafa, a.k.a. the Iron Sheik, could not walk well in 1992. Um, the crowd went bananas for LOD. The match sucked. Uh, LOD was actually selling moves from Dino Bravo, which uh, they shouldn't. I mean, and they couldn't even hit. What? He's Canada's strongest man. So I don't know. I mean, you would kind of have to sell, I think, for, for that guy. Uh, yeah, when he had bleach blonde hair and he was benching 567. Not when he's got dark hair and he looks like a tub of goo. Sorry. He's not the strongest man anymore. Um, the problem with also the match was the finisher... They couldn't hit the doomsday device because they couldn't get either guy up. Um, the match sucked. It got uh, three quarters of a Staruski from this guy. I'll give it a full star. I think that's it. It's earned that much. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it, this is a match that uh, LOD was a team that they were featuring, right? And, uh, you know, they just kind of threw together a couple of uh, you know, generic heel characters as a team and gave LOD a quick win in less than five minutes. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, I think it's just there for people to see, you know, a big name tag team. And like you said, the crowd was into the LOD. So that's what we got. Four minutes and 57 seconds too long. Next up, you have The Undertaker versus Sid Justice. On paper, this is a good idea. You have the dead man, you have the ruler of the world, Sid. Um, I also noticed Sid referred to himself as Psycho Sid, which I think is probably the first time uh, for that. Uh, Taker just murdered Jake Roberts at WrestleMania 8. Um, Sid, uh, he's not... At this point in their careers, they both needed a particular sort of opponent to work with, to have a good match. Sid's one of his best matches was when he wrestled Ricky Morton uh, up to this point. You had a guy that could bump around, make you look really good. Same with The Undertaker. Undertaker, you know, he wasn't as polished as he became in later years. So you needed a guy that could sell for the big man, make his offense look great, and, and just bump like a son of a bitch. And neither Undertaker nor Sid were going to be bumping in this match. Um, I don't know why you would book it. Um, I don't know. It, it was... There was... The worst choke slam I've ever seen in my life. What's so funny? <laughs> just it's just one very negative today, my friend. Everything is just just really bad. So for, let me just let me let me hang, hang on. So before this match even starts, I just want to make sure if anybody who watches this show, make sure to watch the promo from Sid Justice before the match. It's a forgotten gem or a hidden gem of a promo where he talks about ripping out somebody's jugular or something. I don't know. Sid Vicious. Sid, Sid Justice is the the king of just these crazy, you know, ridiculous promos. So I, I think it's worth watching that for sure before he goes out there, an interview that he had with uh, Harvey Whippleman, I think. Um, 
And the match itself, so they ended it with a, with a countout, right? So like you said, neither guy, they probably didn't want to beat either guy um, at that time. Justice was just coming off uh, the main event of WrestleMania eight with Hulk Hogan. Uh, Taker was a character that they were, you know, trying to build up as a baby face by this time. And uh, they wanted to protect him. So Undertaker took a countout loss, um, but ended up hitting the tombstone on Sid Justice post-match. Um, so that's kind of how it went. I mean, nothing special from these guys. A little preview of the WrestleMania 13 main event. Five years five years ahead of its time, for anybody who's interested in that. Um, yeah, so I probably like maybe two stars. These guys are kind of rumbling around the ring a little bit, but they're, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're big stars. Why are you laughing? What's, what's the matter? You want to do the star ratings, so I gave you star ratings. Yeah, uh, half star. One half of a star. Mike Meltzer over here. It's getting. Uh, I'm not. Well, why am I Mike Meltzer? Because the, a the half stars. Dude, the match was atrocious. You could have easily gotten by having. Uh, there's another match on the card: the Mountie versus Virgil, which we'll get to. You could have easily gotten by by having Undertaker destroy the Mountie and Sid destroying Virgil. That way, the other guys could bump and sell for the monsters. Oh, One half a star. We need a big-time matchup on this show, right? I mean, we can't just have a bunch of squash matches. we got to get some big names in the ring with each other. So that's what, we, that's what we got here. Undertaker and Sid Justice, Battle of the Giants. Battle of the Beef, as you like to say. So, uh, uh, I don't... Yeah, uh, it ended in a count-out, and it sucked. So, for me, I would rather have them get their shit in, like the Brian Cage thing. But that's fine. Whatever, man. Agree to disagree. Oh, and you know what? I want you to take this next one and run with it, Joe. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, World Wrestling Federation Champion against Shawn Michaels. The unheard of, unheralded Shawn Michaels at this point. Joe, what do you got? Well, yeah, so this is, again, early into Shawn's run as a singles competitor. And Savage had just won the uh, WWF title at WrestleMania 8. So... You know, I, I assume at this point that they're looking to try to um, see how Michaels does in this type of position where he's challenging, you know, the, the WWF champion, the, the, the top one of the top guys in the company. So um, Michaels has, of course, sensational Sherry with him at this point in his career. Uh, there is history there with her and the Macho Man. Macho Man has Miss Elizabeth uh, with him, back with him at this stage as well, and they would go on to, uh, they just came off their marriage at SummerSlam 91, of course. Match made in heaven. So, fun fact, according to uh, the research that I did on this show, the final appearance of Miss Elizabeth in the WWF was this event, apparently. So, uh, these guys had a what I thought, you know, for the time, you know, I mean, I think you look at it on paper and you see Randy Savage against Shawn Michaels and you're probably expecting a classic uh, you know, Sean was at a point in his career where he was, you know, again, just, just getting his first singles push. Um, the match itself, I thought, was really good. Um, you know, started off by a little bit slow-ish, uh, but then built up really well at the end, especially the the stuff with Sherry and, and Elizabeth. Went a little over 16 minutes. Uh, I went three and a half stars on it. You know, Savage got the win after a couple of near falls towards the end. It looks like they maybe they kind of um, did the finish twice, but with a cross body, I think, off the top or something like that. But, uh I really enjoyed the match, and I thought Savage did a really good job working with Michaels, and Michaels is on, you know, working on his on his game here as a heel. So uh, I, I I enjoyed it. I'm gonna take word for word. I'm gonna read you um, word for word what I have down here, and I want you to remember what you just said. 
um, at the very end I have, they up the level of the, uh, the drama towards the end of the match with the ref bump and the near falls. And on paper, you'd think it would be a dream match, but it was better than it had any right to be in 1992. So we agree for the most part, which is nice to see. I like it when you and I agree. I'm a positive guy. I believe in a positive mental attitude. And here we are agreeing. Um, uh, you know, the thing I noticed, too, is Sean just literally bumped his ass off of Randy Savage. And this is this is Randy end of his career. If you were if you were able to get like 1993, yeah, 1994, Shawn Michaels with like 1988 Macho Man Randy Savage. That probably is like one of the dream matches of all dream matches. But I, I really like the match um, for what it was and for the time. It did start off really slow, but uh, it really built up towards the end. Um, I went three and a half stars too. So don't give me that shit for being negative. I call it how I see it. And I love. I will sit down and watch wrestling from 1992 before I watch anything from today, for the most well, a lot of it from today. So I, I, I enjoy it, but I have to, I have to be like Fonzie, right down the middle. I have to call it the way I see it, Joe. And just because I don't, you know, I, I don't want to look back with rose-colored glasses, man. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to give you an honest opinion. Speaking of an honest opinion, uh, the Bushwhackers have an interview segment up next. They lick kids. It's a real thing. After that, the Mountie versus Virgil. The first line I have down here is, I'm already questioning why Nick asked us to watch this event. We're right back to the... Okay. Uh, dude, I'm, be, I'm being honest here. Hold, let, me, not, let me... Go ahead. Do your thing. Go, go ahead. You know, I'm it's... Right, it's, it's the Mountie and Virgil weren't exactly setting the world on fire in 1992 the mountie had a good gimmick but virgil come on man anyway um before the match virgil cut the worst promo i've ever seen in my life if you want well that's a harsh you know it's a top 100 worst promos he actually couldn't find the cue card it's pretty funny if you go back his eyes looking left and right or he couldn't read the cue card um <laughs> Bobby Hina at one point said Virgil looks like George Foreman on Nutrisystem, which really got a uh, got a good pop out of me. The match was fine for what it was. It was very similar to the opener, the Tatanka Skinner match, the Mountie the Virgil match. Um, paint by numbers, and I have no issue with it. It's just underwhelming. Um, I went Mountie wins with the old shock stick. You know, I had a girlfriend, an ex girlfriend that used to have a shit. Never mind. Uh, I went two stars, Joe. Two stars for the Mountie over Virgil. What do you got for me? Yeah, I th- that's that's probably about right uh, as far as a rating is, is concerned. I would say, uh, yeah. Again, at, at this point, it's the Mounties a relatively, you know, a, a character. I guess they want to try to build up uh, or or use as a heel to get over with heel tactics. Um, you know, he had. I think he had just come off of losing the Intercontinental title to Roddy Piper at the Rumble that year. He had a very short reign with the IC title. Um, he had done the feud with the Boss Man in 91. So he was just a guy that was a heel, and the match probably went a little too long. It was just about nine minutes. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. It's, it's a cool-down match between uh, Savage and Michaels and then the next match, which is uh, Bret Hart versus the model Rick Martel for the IC title. The enforcer is dying. 
I'm good. You're choking. Out. So you, did you go with two stars? Is that a fair two assessment? Two stars is fair. Yeah, that's fair. Next up, the Intercontinental Champion, Bret Hart. This is kind of, you know, where Bret Hart is on his way to carrying the company for the World Heavyweight title um, against the model, Rick Martel. What's the first thing before the match even started that you noticed? The first thing that I noticed? Yeah, just looking at the match before the match even got underway. I mean, I, I don't know. I was expecting it to be a good match. Hopefully, that was what I was hoping for. Both guys wearing pink, bro. Come on. Uh, you got to be better than that. Both guys fully decked out in pink. It's 1992. We're past the mid-'80s where everybody's wearing the same trunks. Amateur night. I would also like to quote the great Bobby Heenan during this match. Did he give her the glasses because he likes her or to hide her face? And then girl soon goes, come on, brain. And then Bobby goes, she's a cute little girl in a United Kingdom sort of way. And that just... <laughs> that completely popped me. <laughs> oh, God. Everything Bobby Heenan did on this show was great. Um, the match was slow, but it was a very much a traditional wrestler's match. Um, Brett, you know, Brett's strategy was to go for the leg to eventually set up a sharpshooter. Um, Martel looked pretty good. He got some offense in, but just when it seemed like Martel was really going to take control of the match, Brett won with uh, an inside cradle. I have no problem with it. I thought it was a clean, well-done wrestling match. I give it three stars. Yeah, I gave it three stars even as well. Uh, yeah, nothing more much I think I can add to that than you already said. Um, you know, it was just it was a well-worked match. It wasn't, you know, pay-per-view level, but two good wrestlers, and they put on a good match. So no complaints. I have a complaint about the next segment where uh, we get Jim Duggan pooping. Yes. So there's three interviews on this show that I thought were excellent, and uh, this is one of them. This is one of the interviews. This was so funny, I thought. He comes out of the bathroom. I think he like throws a toilet paper or something back in there. It was just just a lot of funny mannerisms that he has uh, to do this, and doing this backstage promo before his match with Repo Man. So uh, this is up there for me, man. This is one of my favorite interviews on the show. Um, and, uh, yeah, you didn't like this, it sounds like. You said you didn't like the, the pooping Jim Duggan segment. It seems like you're not a fan of that. No, I'm not into the Vince McMahon toilet humor uh, that he loves uh, so much. Yeah, My favorite just, part. He just happened to be walking out of the bathroom getting ready to do his promo. That's all. I mean, come on. I laughed. My favorite I, part. I'll be honest. When, uh, Jim Duggan says the fans should chant USA even in the U.K., and then I wrote, got it. And then I wrote, holy shit, it actually works. The crowd buys it. They start chanting USA. Probably wouldn't get over today, right? I don't even know if you can actually chant USA anymore. Is that, I, is that legal? I don't know. Jim Duggan, when he came out for this match, I think, this is 1992. I, yeah! So, <clears throat> he was so over with that crowd. The, the crowd, like, popped huge when he came out to his music. It was, I was not expecting that at all. And, uh... He was just super over, and I, and the match was okay. I mean, it's not like it was any sort of, uh, you know, spectacular uh, outing here. Um, it didn't even have a straight finish. It was a DQ finish, I guess, because they were trying to, I don't know if they were trying to protect Repo Man. Lord knows what they were looking, thinking at this point in, Dude, in the game. But. Repo Man hit Duggan into the exposed turnbuckle three times. He no-sold it every fucking time. He's got a hard head. Th that's, what? Dude, this was so... Who are you protecting? Who was being protected from who? You know what they could have done? They could have taken this shit off the card and protected me so I didn't have to watch it. It was terrible. 
Repo Man matches in 1992 against an over Jim Duggan who sounds like he got an Austin pop in fucking the UK. What ha- what's happening? Is it they were so wrestling starved in the United Kingdom they would pop for anybody? Tatanka got the uh, the Triple H return pop. I was so mad at the crowd. They sent us down this path of, of bullshittery in the mid-90s. I believe it was strictly their fault. Fuck. Yeah, excuse them for being interested in the show. Gosh, oh, man, I'd rather have it. Do you want to have a dead crowd? No, I wanted to pop people that deserve a pop. Jeez. Okay? I'll go to an ROH show then. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Really? That's what I said. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm the one taking a turn to negative town. You're getting mad at me for shitting on 28-year-old wrestling. I would rather have a crowd that is into the show. I would rather have a mediocre show with a hot crowd than maybe an above-average wrestling show with a crowd that's sitting on their hands or playing on their cell phones. That's my preference. So if you go back to 1992 and these UK fans, where there's a lot of kids in the crowd and families, and they're going nuts for, like, Hacksaw Duggan and Tatanka and... Lord knows we'll talk in a few minutes about British Bulldog when he comes out. It's like a country-wide hero. I would rather watch a show like that that's entertaining with Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan on commentary. I just I just think it adds to the show. Oh, man. oh flag. Throwing a flag. Throwing a flag. You cannot throw in Barry at the end with Gorilla and Bobby on commentary. I'd watch paint dry with Gorilla and Bobby on commentary. That that's disqualifies everything. I would rather have a legitimate wrestling, uh, above-average wrestling match in front of the the Hopog High School gymnasium with six people, then uh, Slamboree 93 in front of uh, 40 million people going crazy at Dick the Bruiser. Just saying. But you know what? I mean, his own. I mean you I'm did a just say that you would watch Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. You would watch Paint Dry if they were calling it. Yet, right. you're not happy about watching Hacksaw Duggan and Repo Man with a match. With Grill Monsoon and Bobby Heenan calling it. I'm not saying I'm not happy about it. You're ta- you're twisting my words here. I'm saying they're giving them these pops they don't deserve. I <laughs> watch deserve it and pops. I enjoy it for the no- I enjoy I mean, it for the nostalgia factor, but I don't enjoy it because it's good professional wrestling. I'm in the middle of watching the the fucking WWF got big classic. What is it called? The '85 interview. The big event. The big event. Thank you. The wrestling no. classic. Wrestling classic. There we go. I'm watching that. You know why? Because it's nostalgic and I enjoy it. Not because I really want to sit there and see a technical masterpiece between Moondog Spot and fucking Junkyard Dog. So how is that different, <sighs> than, how is that different than this show? Then It's not. I'm, I'm judging this based on the wrestling is what I'm saying. I can't wait to listen to this show wait. back tomorrow. I'm very excited. It's very fucking, excited. I want, I, if I, Nick I, is listening to this show, I want him to comment on this and let us know where he stands on this. I want, Nick, let us know, buddy. Sure. What's next? You know what? What's oh, this, next is the, the Savage interview. The, it was the third interview on this show that I enjoyed the hell out of was this Randy Savage interview where he was running around like a nutcase backstage with Miss Elizabeth. I cracked up at this one too. Did you enjoy this segment at least? He was plum red purple in the face. He was on so much coke before this interview. It was otherworldly. How do you not enjoy... A 1992 Macho Man promo. It was so good. Um, Next up, actually, after this interview, was the British Bulldog interview, too. So it was back-to-back. I felt like I was watching Raw with the backstage interviews. But um, that being said, as you mentioned, Davey Boy Smith comes out, and he gets a hero's welcome, right? 
Like, uh, who are the two Marks that just left the royal family? Like, that kind of welcome is what he got. Let me tell you something. Whatever Davy Boy Smith was injecting directly into his veins in 1992, I want it. Hmm. That man looked like you took a bike pump and you inflated every ounce of his body. But not like water weight and like bullshit fake. Like, it was like dense vascularity. What? What were they taking in 1992 that that's not out right now? Because I I send it to me. If you know what Davy Boy Smith was taking in 1992, send it to Joe's house so it's his name on it, and then he can hand it to me so it doesn't go through the mail. But feel free to DM him at NY St. Joe, and you know then you could all get through that, and then we can filter it, filter the illegal shit, and then he can give it to me. That's good. I'm glad that's not my handle, so we'll just keep going with that. Uh, I thought the match was it was average for you know what it was. Uh, of course, it was really just more of a showcase for British Bulldog against IRS. Um, it was, I mean, as far as a rating goes, it's probably like two and a half stars for me. Uh, again, it was a basic match. Uh, Bulldog pinned him, I think, with his finisher, the uh, the running power. Stuff, running power. Stuff, yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, he celebrated with the UK flag after the show was over. So uh, send the crowd home happy. Again, not a masterpiece of a main event, but you know, entertaining for the crowd of what it was. Uh, everyone was super into the Bulldog. He got the main event this show uh, in his home country. He would do it again at SummerSlam 92 uh, from Wembley Stadium against Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title, um, which, again, was also a crazy atmosphere uh, for him. Um, and, yeah, so that's it. That's the end of the WWF. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why didn't you get my rating? Oh, yeah. I was, I was going to let you do that. I was just saying that was the last match of the show, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. What's, no. What was the? Let's, let's Did you realize it was six minutes before they touched in the beginning? It six took a minutes. While. It was a straight Memphis style match, right? It was. It took a while for them to get going. But the crowd was amped up for it, so that they're they're milking it a little bit. And uh, IRS is a little notorious for uh, doing stuff like that. So. Yeah. And whoever had the air horn in the crowd, he can get fucked. Okay, because it's all I heard the entire main event. When you, I mean, uh, it was unbearable. I think Heenan even mentioned it. I'm like, do they not have security in the United Kingdom? I mean, it was just the entire, I get it. You love the British Bulldog. We all do. But turn the fucking air horn. It ruined the match. For, no. Okay. The match ruined the match for me. But, it, you know, it went, once it picked up and it got to the closing stretch, it was it was fine for what it was. I went to two and one third. No, I'm just kidding. I went to two and a quarter star. Joe, two and a quarter star. I want you to give me a rating for this entire event out of ten. Go. Um, I'll probably give it. That's a good question. There was like two good matches on the show. I was entertained by some of the promos. I'm gonna give it a seven. An American seven, like at a one to ten on the American numerical scale, because I I think no, nope, not okay, not okay. It's gonna be like the movie seven where I lop your head off and put it in a box. How about that? I would rather you lop my head off than make me watch this again. Four point five. Four point five. Nick. Four point five out of ten. Nick, I appreciate you. Uh, this was an excellent choice by you. I enjoyed watching the show. Uh, admittedly, I sat. I had, it took two sittings for me to do it because I'm old and I fell asleep halfway through. But uh, I enjoyed something from 1992, especially a unique show like this coming from the UK 
at that time, I was entertained by it. Yeah, I mean, it's all something I've never seen before. So, I listen, 4.5 out of 10, it's not bad, right? It's not good. Because, no. I mean, it's less than mine. But how many movies do, like, Siskel and Ebert give you, like, a half a star that you sit through and enjoy? I enjoyed it for what it was. It wasn't a masterpiece. There was a lot of shit on here. But I still enjoy it for the nostalgia factor. And I don't know if Nick's from the UK, if that's where he saw this. I'm, I'm Originally, I don't know. But um, I would, you know, it's... It is what it is. I if I had to sit through it a gun to my head, I would. Okay, so I would sit through it again. But I love going back and watching the 1992 stuff. So if if there's anything out there that you want us to watch, bring it on, Nick. You got another one? Come on, man. Made for made for some good fodder, right? So we appreciate Nick. Um, we really do. Hopefully, you got a kick out of the episode. And if you haven't seen um, UK Rampage '92, um, you know, feel free to watch it. Watch the uh, watch the Jim Duggan pooping thing, and uh, the bushwhackers licking kids. If you really want to get a kick out of it, but um, yeah, it's all that's really all I got for this. Um, next week on the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast, you're sitting back, you're saying, "Man, I want to find these idiots somewhere on the internet." Very simple, dude. At All Night Long WP, everywhere you look, where there's a handle. Facebook.com slash All Night Long WP. YouTube.com slash All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. Next week, we will be joined by the outlandish Zicky Dice. You know him from NWA Power, um, who's just, they're kicking off season three. I believe that was this week, right? That was a season three kickoff? Yes, you're correct. Yep, they have a, a lot of cool stuff going on. We'll be looking forward to catching up with him, who was on the losing end of the match. Ricky, uh, don't call me John Starks. But um, nonetheless, the guy's got an amazing story, super-duper uh, entertaining, and uh, definitely a story of getting into the business like no other. Joe, do you have anything else we wrap up this week? Uh, no, man. I, I appreciate that. You got all the, uh, you know, you got all our stuff in with the uh, the handles. Get your um, shit in. Very fast, I guess. I'll just mention anybody who wants to check out powerslam.tv. They can they can go check them out, uh, one of our sponsors, um, as well as Blue Chew. Um, something about uh, penises and erections, and uh, WPP is our code. Uh, so if you use that, you get free first, free first uh, dosage. Of uh, this pill or the chewable, I think it is. It's like you know, I take. I you really put a lot of. Uh... Um, <laughs> and uh, it's only five dollars shipping and handling. So uh, bluechew.com promo code WPP and your PP will be something funny. So there it is. That's all I got. That's you know, what we're gonna do. We're gonna wrap that one up and post. Um, mm-hmm. But again, everybody, like I said, at all night long WP everywhere you go. Next week, the Outlanders, Zicky Dice. Once again, for the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast, he is your host, he's the Stallion, I'm the Enforcer, and we're tapping out.